Welcome to the Bible A Show, a live and live forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Mike Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, if you have questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Bible Answer Show, or uh, also known as uh, Four Guys in a Little Tiny Studio. I'm surprised it doesn't smell worse than it does, guys. It's actually uh, quite pleasant. So uh, That's because Joe's here. Yes. Joe, Joe <laughs> Kelly is here today. Hey, guys. My name is Mike Massaro. I'll be taking your calls here at the Bible Answer Show. We're here to take your questions on uh, the Bible, scripture on... Uh, the Christian life. If you have anything that you have a question on, give us a call. Our guys here want to answer that question. So now's the time to call. We got some open lines. 1-800-227-5278. My name is Mike Massaro. I'll be picking up those calls and handing them off to our team here in the room, starting out with Pastor Coach Chris Van Hook, uh, a guy who's who was head and shoulders above every other receiver in college football, Joe Kelly. Uh, <laughs> senior pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Pastor Michael Lance. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good. Happy New Year to everybody listening. And hey, I want to give a shout out to those who have never called before, but they are listeners to the Bible Answer Show. Why don't you call right now? We would love to interact with you. If, you're, uh, if you've been listening and you've kind of been waiting to call and you've got that question still bubbling, now's the time to call. This will give us sufficient time to interact with your question. So here's the number, 800 227 5278-800-227-5278. Mike, I was realizing that uh, just the other day, when you jump in your car for lunch, sometimes you jump in your car at 1210 or 1215. So we may get some people that get in their car a little bit later, or you may be entering your car right now, but give us a call, 800-227-5278. Now, before we go on, Talk a little bit about the other ways that people can reach out to us. Let's talk about the app, and let's talk about email and we Facebook. Can, we can talk about those things. Uh, well, the, the, first of all, the email address here is uh, living truth or answers at livingtruthradio.org. Answers at livingtruthradio.org. If you want to send that email to us, we can get that. Uh, also, there's the Facebook page that is, uh, if you could do a search on Facebook for The Bible Answer Show, you'll find our page. Go ahead and like the page. You can post your questions there. And we also have that Facebook Live Friday, so you might want to check that out for fun. And Mike, we have a couple of videos of past uh, Facebook Fridays that we did. Some are better than others, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Not only because of the way we dressed that day, but because of uh, we're trying to work on the video. But the if you're a Facebooker out there and you enjoy going on Facebook, you can see some pictures of those who qualify for radio <laughs> by their looks. <laughs> by I wasn't looking at anybody when I said Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bible Answer Show, just search it on Facebook. And uh, we, well, we also have the, uh, the app, the Living Truth app. You can uh, do a search on the uh, Apple Store or Andrew, uh, Android. Um, go to the App Store. Go to the App Store <laughs> and download the Living Truth app. And you app. can hear bad Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> imitations on there. Uh, yeah, that, I, you know, along with that, if you, if you do get the, uh, the Living Truth app, the nice thing on there is you can uh, go right away. You can get on every Bible Answer show. You can go to past shows real quickly if you haven't subscribed to the podcast. Uh, and find any of those, as well as any of the sermons from Sunday mornings and and Wednesday nights that you might want to get 
uh, as well. So it's a it's a great tool. And Coach Brian brought up yesterday that there's also a reading plan on the app. So uh, those who are who have made a recommitment to their Bible in 2017, there's a there's a Bible reading plan. I think it's a Psalm, a Proverb, Old and Old New Testament, Testament, New Testament. Takes every you day. through the Bible in a year, mm-hmm. and a lot of us just need that help. We need that structure, and so you can also get that on the app. It's available Apple. Uh, what's the other place? Uh, Google Play. Google Play. Yeah, do a search for Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's it's not the Bible Answer Show. It's Living Truth Christian Fellowship, and you can access all of that stuff. Yeah, I I have a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of the app and the archived sermons and the teachings is Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings. I know that both of you guys are... Is there a reason, is there something you're telling me that the Wednesday night that I taught at church isn't available? Well, we we didn't (laughs) want to talk about that. Joe, well, you know but... how you were talking about uh, recruits and college football <laughs> and making the cut? Just, make just, the just cut. kidding, Joe. Just kidding. <laughs> Most likely something happened uh, during the recording, but I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. <laughs> we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Sounds like a conspiracy to me. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to Doug. Douglas in Lake Forest, you are on with the Bible Answer Show. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I had a question about um, religions that worship angels or uh, I guess Catholicism, because they, they do have a, a myriad difference of angels that they uh, p- petition to. And if I, we go to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, uh, verse 18, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And so I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at here is, with with one billion followers worshiping angels in a, a Christ centered, I guess, uh, religion, this sounds like a kind of a dangerous thing that we need to study the Bible more carefully. Would you agree? Well, we would, and I'm not sure that everybody is in that category of worshiping angels who are uh, who are practicing Roman Catholicism. But I will say this: having grown up in the Roman Catholic Church and um, not not trying to make a sweeping judgment, but just saying this, that um, the emphasis on Scripture, the emphasis on personal Bible study is not uh, there the way it should be, at least in my own personal experience. And so I, I think it, it creates a problem because what it creates is a person who then has to take everything that the church says. And I'll, I'll just I'll give you a personal example, Douglas, that applies to my life. So I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and then I started reading the Bible for myself, and I started seeing things in Scripture that were actually the exact opposite of what I was taught by the Church. And frankly, it made me angry, because uh, there would be re- repetitious prayers that were taught, for example, and then I would see Scripture about you know not being repetitious, and that's just one example. But um, So yeah, this is a danger, and, and I think the, the bigger picture here is that when you are not checking out the Bible for yourself and not doing your own homework, then you don't know what you believe, why you believe it, and that goes also with faith and practice. You don't know why you're doing what you do. So this is not just uh, in Roman Catholicism. This applies to other religious movements as well, where people do things, and they do things uh, because they're tradition. Now, some traditions can be biblical, but others are not. And so people are simply just practicing something that is not only potentially unbiblical, but potentially dangerous. 
In fact, when we see angels, uh, there's an attempt to worship an angel in Revelation, and the angel says, don't do that. Don't do that. Worship is to God alone. And it is interesting to me as well that in Hebrews 1, the Father tells all the angels to worship the Son. And if Jesus was just another angel, that would be God breaking his own word. So uh, for our Jehovah's Witness friends, and I know there are probably some Jehovah's Witnesses that do listen to this program, just with all due respect, you know, you may not have put this all together, but the Bible says nobody gets worship except God alone. And there was an angel who got booted out of heaven, who wanted worship. He even tried to get Jesus to worship him. And Jesus said, no, you're going to worship the, the Lord alone. Go ahead, coach. Just, you hit that right on the head. It's Revelation 22, 8 um, is a great um, passage to go to. It was John. He says, when he saw these things and I heard them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who'd been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. And there's an exclamation point at the end of that. <laughs> do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and of all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. So it's very plain in Scripture. We completely agree with you, Douglas, that it is an issue. It is a problem. And it shouldn't really be ignored. When we're uh, meeting with someone who who has those practices, we're not trying to you know, to uh, tell them, well, don't be a Catholic or don't do this or that, but to look at the Bible and what the Bible says and then ask a question. If that's a practice in your church, since it isn't biblical, why do you do it since we're commanded not to do it? Uh, the same thing for a man who, um, you know, would receive worship. We're not to worship any man. And so uh, we would completely agree with you on that. Yeah, I would just add, and, and you know, I just want to make it clear. I'm not sure that um, we should think that Catholics are guilty of worshiping angels. Now, what's, what a Catholic would say is that they venerate. They venerate the saints and maybe perhaps venerate angels. And uh, so I, I just want to make sure that that's clear, mm -hmm. that we're, we are not uh, accusing Catholics of worshiping angels. Uh, you know, when Jesus was in the wilderness and he continually quotes from the Old Testament, from the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, he quotes out of Deuteronomy, says, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So Jesus makes it very clear, and then as, as you both pointed out, but then Jesus himself is ascribed to worship. Mm -hmm. So, and as you said, Pastor Michael, uh, let's make the connection, and if you're out there and you're in a tradition that uh, doesn't view Jesus as God, then... Uh, you need to deal with this passage. Let's face it, there there has been a real fascination with angels. Um, there has. You know, people are uh, intrigued by this, and, and, I, and I think certainly there's reasons probably to be intrigued, but then not to push it to a place where it becomes unbiblical. So the worship of angels was a heresy that was to plague the, the Fri uh, Phrygian region. This is from... Um, uh, Baker's uh, a commentary on this for centuries, according to William Hendrickson. He notes that in AD 363, a church synod was held in Colossi's sister city of Laodicea. It declared it is not right for Christians to abandon the church of God and go away to invoke angels. Let's circle back around and let's come back to Douglas for a second. Douglas, any follow-up comment on that or clarification on your part? Well, you know, and, and what I'm understanding here is, is is the different translations 
can be misleading as well. You know, I was reading in the Message Bible on BibleGateway.com about in Isaiah how Jesus received a black eye in the house of his friends. Completely, I mean, off the piercing or or anything. And so I'm looking at uh, all the different translations and the differences in them, and I believe that different translations cause religious division. And that may be another topic for another day, and I'd like to thank you for taking my call today. (laughs) Well, you're welcome, Douglas. And and we would agree that, you know, there's some language that is not contemporary to the day. And so, you know, a lot of people really appreciate the King James uh, translation, for example, but we do need to realize that the King James was written in 1611. So when you think about, you know, language that was spoken 400 plus years ago, it can be confusing because some of the definitions of those words and the way they're used have changed. Here's another example just to kind of go with uh, the flow in terms of this concern. The early church father Theodoret commenting on Colossians 2.18, wrote, The disease which St. Paul denounces continued for a long time in Phrygia and Pisidia. Uh, The archangel Michael was worshipped in Asia Minor as late as A.D. 739. He was also given credit for miraculous cures. And so we do, you know, we do see this. And um, this this fascination with angels, we we just have to be careful. It's kind of like when we talked about praying to saints. Uh, we don't have enough information for that to be a valid practice. So I know that our Roman Catholic friends would say, well, uh, I would if I had asked you to pray for me, why can't I ask a saint that's gone home? But we don't know enough about that saint. Number one, we don't know their ultimate destiny. We can assume for a second. We don't know if they can hear our prayers. We don't know if they can pray on our behalf in heaven. We just don't have enough. So why don't we stick with the practices that are clearly laid out in Scripture, mm-hmm. and then I think we'll be on safe ground. And this circles all the way back around to what you said, Coach, which is let's let the Bible be the guide for how we uh, live out our Christian walk. Yeah, and just a quick comment, uh, you know, on on the using the message or different Bibles is just that, you know, if, if you really want to study the Word, I, I would suggest you don't use paraphrase versions for that study. You, you can use those maybe devotionally, but when you get to a question and, you know, when you read a statement like that, you go, well, is that really what it says? Then that's where you need to get into um, some different Bibles and uh, even get into, of course, the original languages to really see what, what those words may mean. All right. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Bible Answer Show. We're taking your calls live here on the air. 1-800-227-5278 is the number. one 800 227 5278. And uh, we're going to go to Craig in a, in a minute here. But Pastor Michael, we have something coming up at Living Truth I know that you wanted to mention uh, before we move on. Well, a couple things, Mike. Um, number one, we do need support, and uh, we're making some decisions about the Bible Answer Show into 2017, and things are extremely tight for us. So I just want to put it out there that if it's on your heart to help us out and keep this program on the air, we do need to hear from you. And the way you can give, the easiest way to give is to go to livingtruthradio.org, click on the donate button, livingtruthradio.org. There's a picture of Pastor Michael smiling there. It's a high school picture. No, I'm just kidding. It's pretty recent. Anyway, livingtruthradio.org, click on donate, and make sure that you indicate that what you're giving is for radio ministry. Some people have asked us, Mike, if we can, if they can send a, a check to us, and we'd be happy to receive it that way as well. The address is Living Truth. 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. One more time, Living Truth, 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 
1-800-242-9280. On Sunday, January 15th, we are having a very special uh, one-man performance. It's called St. John in Exile. It's going to be performed by Les Carlson. Who's the guy who did it way back in the day? He was a Disney actor, trying to think of his name right now. Anyway, uh, somebody out there may know. But anyway, it's a one-man drama depicting uh, St. John on the Isle of Patmos, reflecting on his life with the apostles, Jesus, the miracles that he saw, even experiencing the crucifixion and the resurrection. Very moving, very well done, very poignant and a ve- very much an event that you'd want to bring an unbelieving friend to. I think they would enjoy it, and I think it would really penetrate their heart. We will be uh, giving a gospel presentation at the end and inviting people to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's Sunday, January 15th, uh, 6 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find out information and directions. We'd love to have you come out with us at livingtruthradio.org. And that show, those are $100 tickets, correct? 150. Oh, <laughs> it's steep. Just yeah. kidding. It's a free event. Oh, okay. It's a free show. Okay. Uh, let's get to Craig and your Belinda. Craig, you're on with the Bible Answer Show. Hi, guys. I recently called you uh, uh, maybe a couple of two or three weeks ago and asked you about uh, was Jesus a created being? And you said no. And I thought the answer was pretty good. I enjoyed listening to it. But nevertheless, there's one more hook that's kind of hooking me. It's in Revelation 3, where Jesus calls himself the beginning of the creation of God. Right. Can you comment on that one? Certainly, Craig. And thanks for calling back. And, you know, I know you're still thinking through this. And uh, let me comment on Revelation 3.14. It's it's actually one of those pet texts that is used by Jehovah's Witnesses. And, um, you know, the argument is, okay, clearly... This text is saying that Jesus had a beginning. It says he's the beginning of the creation of God. Well, how do we take that? Well, it's interesting to think about this. Uh, First of all, uh, the addresses to the angel at the church of Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the amen is a a name of God. Um, The faithful and true witness, I think you could also uh, point to the Lord as well. The beginning of the creation of God. Now, the word for beginning there is arche. It's A-R-C-H-E. And arche is a word that can mean origin or it can mean beginner. And I think when you begin to do some homework on this, Craig, and I don't have all my notes in front of me, but I I could quote theologians and Greek scholars on this. Arche has the idea here in this context of the beginner. I'll give you an example. God is called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So when Jesus is called the beginning of the creation of God, link that to the fact that he's also called the beginning and the end. God is called the beginning and the end, or the Alpha and the Omega. So when you see the word beginning, it doesn't mean in our sense that that person had to have a, an, uh, they were created. Here, beginning has the idea of source or the beginner. And this goes hand in hand with him being the alpha and the omega or the beginning and the end. So I I think that's the way that you take this. And it's actually a very strong deity verse when you understand it in context. Go ahead, Coach. 
Yeah, and if you look up the word in, in Greek, it has some other um, shades of meaning to it. One is chief, uh, meaning in order of time, place, or rank, which is why if you look it up, and I know some people don't like the NIV, but in this particular case, the NIV does a little bit better job uh, when, it's, when it uses the word ruler there. Um, it can mean chief, overseer, ruler. Uh, and so... In the context that it's written, I believe that that is the way that we're supposed to be looking at that particular verse. When you look at the Amen as well, uh, you can go back, Craig, and check out um, Isaiah 47, 1 and 2, and Isaiah 65, 16, where, where it points to the, the one true God, the God of truth, the God of the Bible. Go ahead, Joe. I know you have some thoughts here. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, when we look at John, uh, John 1, 1 or through 3, in verse 3, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Well, if you take the word all for what it means, then uh, Jesus is the creation of everything. So he certainly logically couldn't be part of the creation. If he's the creator, he can't be created. Let's Let's go back to Craig. Craig... Some thoughts on that? Any additional questions? Well, I guess it sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not insistent that uh, Jesus was a created being. It just looked like that to me for a while. And to say that he is the beginner uh, sounds pretty good. Well, when it, you look it, back to the yeah, original Craig, meaning. And Craig, it is actually true to the Greek here. Um, and, you know, we know you're not a Jehovah's Witness, but we know that oftentimes Jehovah's Witnesses struggle with this idea when they see the word beginning. And here's where a little bit of just, you don't have to be a Greek scholar here. You can just do a little homework on the word. And, and this is perfectly biblical. And taking Revelation 1.8 with uh, this, this idea of arche, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, Omega says the Lord God, the, who, is, who was and is and who is to come, the Almighty, uh, there you have, you know, just, just this buttressing argument that Jesus Christ is God. And, um, you know, I think the Bible bears this out over and over again. So, Craig, hope that helps out. God bless you. And uh, before we, we move on, can I, uh, Craig, I want to ask you a, a personal question. Wait, I dropped him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, let me just ask this question, and it, and it doesn't just apply to Craig, but... But once you understand who Jesus Christ is, and uh, I, I just want to just take a moment here, once you understand the majesty of his person, and then you understand what he did for you, that he came down, and we just celebrated Christmas, and he died on the cross for you and rose from the dead. To me, Mike, um, when, when I, when I um, get a glimpse of the holiness of God and who God actually is, and then I think of how far he condescended to save me. Uh, I don't even know how to process it sometimes, Mike, but I'll say this. Please don't perish. Don't leave this planet without knowing Jesus Christ. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of deception out there. There's a lot of people who are, you know, they believe the wrong thing, and you can be wrong enough to lose your soul. That's why doctrine is important. You've got to know the right God. There's another gospel, another Jesus, another spirit, 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4. Look, the devil operates in deception, folks. You've got to understand this. He is a master counterfeiter. So you've got to have the right Jesus. Now, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with, look, wrestling with the scriptures and wrestling with these ideas. But once you are on solid ground and you understand this, then it is to us to bow our knee to this Christ, the Son of the living God, and find life in his name. What a great way to start out 2017 is to meet him and actually come to know him, not just know stuff about him, but to know him. This is eternal life that you might know him. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, and that's why we're told to study the scriptures, not to just take verses out of context to prove a point, to study and have the full counsel of God. Um, And just, you know, to to respond once again to that last question there, and, and Joe, you brought it up. You know, if you'll just go back to Colossians 1, starting in verse 15, because this same term uh, is used of Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn. And so you can take that, oh, see, firstborn. Well, if you just read the next few verses, it's explained what that means. For by him, all things were created. Okay, so all things were created by him. He couldn't have been created. He created all things, things in heaven and earth. Uh, and, and then it talks again about this idea of rulership here. It says these things, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all of those things were created by him and for him. He is, and here's that word, he is before all things. That's the context. He is before all things. And, and, and coach, in him, all things are held together. Amen. He holds, he sustains all things by the word of his power and, and, if you have your Bible, take a look, and, and if you're wrestling with these concepts and, and you're a Jehovah's Witness right now, take a look at this. He is the image of the, the, the invisible God. That's the icon there. So God is spirit. So Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now, the argument that you'll find in Jehovah's Witness materials is, well, Jesus is the first created one of Jehovah, and then everything else was made through him. But that's not what Colossians 1.15 says. If you want to take the argument that way, it says he's the firstborn of what? All creation. That means that the argument would have to be that creation parented Jesus when the opposite is being argued, as you just pointed out, Coach. It actually says that Jesus is the creator of creation. So even Colossians 1.15, that is a pet text for our Jehovah's Witness friends, does not logically make their argument. Yeah. And so here's where I think if you just do a little bit of study on this stuff, you'll come to the conclusion that Jesus is the creator, and it's amazing to think of this creator coming to save us. Hey, and just listen, if you're a Jehovah's Witness or you've you know studied with them and you're struggling through this, we are not against you. We are for you. We want you to know the truth of the Bible. We're not picking on any particular religion or anything else. We just want you to know God's word. Because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one's coming to the Father except through me. All right. The Bible Answer Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Special thanks to Joel for screening our calls there in the studio. Hey, uh, the Bible Answer Show is a listener-supported ministry, as Pastor Michael mentioned earlier. You can donate to the show by uh, going to the website, livingtruthradio.org, and clicking on the Donate button. Hey, thanks for everyone that called in today. Thanks for you guys for coming in and answering questions. And we'll catch all of you tomorrow on the Bible Answer Show. Thanks for joining the conversation on the Bible Answer Show. To find out more about the radio ministry, Michael Lance, or the church he pastors in Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. 
Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on KBright. And if they have questions, we'll have answers on the next Bible Answer Show.